Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Wave Break Podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the growth marketing platform most recommended by other business leaders. Listen, in uncertain times, you need to be supporting your community and growing relationships with your customers. It's going to be appreciated. It's going to be remembered. It's going to be shared. And in good times and bad, this type of communication that's open and empathetic with your customers is key. This is a key theme that we've been talking about at Waybreak. I've been preaching this on the podcast. And when you're communicating with your customers in this way, the best way to do this is with email. It is and always will be one of the best channels for delivering communication like this. And what I love about Klaviyo is that email is one of its core offerings. And their personalization that you can do inside Klaviyo is just, it can't be beat. And when you leverage that personalization driven by a 360 degree view of the customer, these emails are going to feel more relevant and they're going to drive even stronger relationships. And Klaviyo gets it. They're not just, you know, some company. They understand how challenging it is right now for every entrepreneur. You know, it was hard to get your business off the ground and navigating these times is even harder. And if you're feeling overwhelmed with growing your business, know that you're not alone. Klaviyo is here to help you build relationships across any distance for your brand and create memorable and meaningful email marketing moments that last a lifetime. And that's how you build a successful e-commerce brand. And this is why I love Klaviyo so much, because they're on the same page with me and Wavebreak. is like, we're not just about making more revenue. That's great. But what this is really about is an opportunity to create an amazing community with your customers. And the best way to do it is with email. And if you're not on Klaviyo, you got to get on Klaviyo. Visit klaviyo.com to schedule a free trial. That's K-L-A-V-I. IYO.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Wave Break Podcast, the podcast for high growth e commerce, retail, and omni channel brands, where we talk about marketing, what's working, and how you can steal the secrets of some of the fastest growing brands today. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder and CEO of Wavebreak. We're a boutique agency specializing in email and SMS marketing for e-commerce and retail brands. And what's interesting today is that, yes, we're seeing increased CAC, but we also are seeing a group of brands who are continuing to grow and grow fast despite that. And the reason they're able to do so is because they are maximizing their customer lifecycle and the customer journey across the board. Their abandoned carts are dialed in, so they're not leaving money on the table there. They're sending enough emails at the right cadence to the right subscribers at the right time. They're segmented and personalized. And because of this, they have additional revenue that a lot of brands don't have, and it feels like you're swimming upstream even more. And so if you don't have a best-in-class email and SMS marketing program and it's time for a refresh, you can learn more about partnering with us and how we partner with brands just like yours at wavebreak.com. Today on the show, I'm super excited. I'm joined by my friend Andrew Case, who had no experience in direct consumer e-commerce. And about seven months ago in September, he launched his brand Noonbrew. And since then, he scaled it to over 10,000 customers in under six months. So in a time that people would say is very competitive, it's impossible to launch a brand and do all these different things. Well, it hasn't been easy for him and he's faced a ton of challenges. He's still been able to build and launch a brand and begin to scale it. And so really excited to chat with him today. He shows what's working for them. And uh, yeah, just shed some positivity on the ecosystem where like it seems like a lot of people are trying to find excuses instead of like trying to find ways to make it work like Andrew. So really excited for today's episode. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Andrew. Thanks, Dylan. I'm, I'm excited to finally be on the podcast. 
Yeah, it's great. It's great to have you. So like, I think this is going to be a fun one because I've known about Noon Brew since the, since the inception. And yeah, it's been fun, fun to watch you grow and build the brand in a time where so many people are like, oh my goodness, it's impossible. Like direct consumer e-commerce is dead. Um, and then you also have a great product that's really functional and useful, probably to a lot of the audience too. But um, yeah, before you we drink started, it, yeah, I drink it. It's great. Um, <laughs> if you're addicted to coffee, which I definitely am. Noon Brew will help wean you off while still giving you energy. I mean, this is basically, I'm not trying to make it an ad, but give us the overview. Like what, what's Noon Brew? I know the story, but like, what is Noon Brew? How'd you start it? I think it's a, a great story. So let's start there. Yeah. So well, it's March right now. And it was about a year ago where I had just shut down my previous company, which was going nowhere. I was in like a really tough place. I was making no money living in New York city and I was trying to figure out what, like what I wanted to to do next. And I always wanted to be in e-commerce. You know, we connected with my previous company and connected with a bunch of really, really smart, like eight, nine figure founders. Um, and I knew that I wanted to, to do e-commerce. I just didn't know what I wanted to, to do, but I was thinking about all the different types of problems that I, I go through. Um, made a list of them. And one day I had this recognition that like, you know, I always get tired in the afternoons, especially during the lockdowns within New York, when I was working from home by the afternoon, I'd just be shot and I'd go to my local coffee shop, get a latte, but it wasn't the second coffee. Wasn't the same as the first, the first would like wake you up, it perk you up. Um, you know, have the morning ritual of like journaling while getting an espresso, but the, the second one felt forced. Um, and I never had a good relationship with the second cup of coffee. So my co-founder, well, friend at the time, now co-founder Alan, he has a background in herbal medicine and uh, we were constantly talking about different types of ideas. And I was like, Hey, can you make me a, a tea for the afternoon slump? Um, and he sent me a few different variations of teas that he had that he was selling on Amazon. Um, and it didn't really work that well, but he had gotten the afternoon slump a lot too. So he's like, I, I want to solve this. Um, so we ordered a bunch of different ingredients, uh, from all over the world and we just started blending. He would blend in his kitchen and then he would ship it to me in New York. He's in San Francisco. Um, and over time, we started to, to really perfect this formula. And it, it was tough because different types of tea will give you different types of um, effects. So like a green tea will leave you a little bit dry when you like your mouth will be dry after you, you drink it. Same with black tea. So we had to find like a not really like high fermented tea. So we chose oolong, we blended it with white tea. We put in all these different adaptogens and superfoods. Um, and we had the idea in March over the, the following few months, we started working with brand designers, um, came up with the name Noon Brew, trademarked that. And in September we, we launched. So it took us exactly six months from having the idea to launch. And we could have launched it probably in like July or August. And I was like, anxious to launch it early. Like we would always talk about that. Like it was, it's very nerve wracking, like not making any money and uh, like launching a brand and investing more money into launching that. Um, but yeah, we, we launched in September, basically sold out immediately. And it's kind of been a, a crazy journey ever since. Yeah, for sure. And then like, what was, um, I mean, it's so interesting. Like What's the timeline on that? So you had the, is this, are you talking in March, 2020 or March, 2021? No, like literally it was a year, a year ago, ago tomorrow where I had the oh, idea. Nice. 
Yeah. I texted my co-founder. I was like, Hey, like I have this like crazy idea. We hopped on the phone and like, we were both like, Oh my God, like this could be, this could be something. Cause a lot of people get this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so when, yeah, when we initially met, you were working on something called stack lingo, which was basically honey for like e-commerce business owners who were starting a store. Um, and then you launched this brand, but like you didn't have previous to that, your experience was an outbound sales similar to me. So like, you're just used to like hitting the phone, hitting the cold emails. So like, this is totally different than that. Now that you have the product, you're like, okay, this is cool. I want to do e-commerce then. And you mentioned like, you know, there's a little bit of nerves around like the, the initial launch, like, oh, what's going to happen? What's it going to do? Like, I guess like, where did you, where did you even start? Like, did you know from that building that app, like, oh, we should build on the Shopify ecosystem and like use these different apps or like, how did you even um, get started once you had the product? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was doing Stack Lingo, like looking back on that, which now, is a great name. I, I love it. the name of Stack Lingo. Yes. Yeah, Stack Lingo is a great name. Terrible idea. Like realizing it was honey for, for e-commerce where you can get discounts on all these different software apps. Now I realize like that's not even like a pain point, you know, being in the brand owner seat. Isn't it funny um, how that works though? Like even people are like, Oh, I just need a good idea to get started. But it's like, it, yeah. you can literally start with any idea. I don't think people realize I started with like some pretty bad ones. Like, before yeah, we got to I, I've had tons and tons and tons <laughs> of bad ideas. And what's interesting about e-commerce is that you really want to have like a good foundation to start because you can also like start with an idea that like, and put a lot of time into it. And like, it just goes absolutely nowhere um, because you didn't start off with like good foundational elements of like, Hey, you need to make sure that your shipping costs are good. You need to make sure that your margins are good. You need to make sure that you can like acquire customers at X costs and still be profitable or like have like a path to profitability. But a lot of people don't realize that. So they like back themselves into like only being able to do retail, which is tough. And that's like a total aside, but yeah, I mean, Stack Lingo didn't really go anywhere, but I met a lot of people during that, like yourself, like a few different agency owners here in New York. And then also some people that were doing really, really good um, revenue numbers, but like, you just don't hear about them. Like they're not on podcasts. They're not on yeah. like, they're not showing off their numbers because they don't want people to come in. Like the D2C really... sleepers. They also yeah, don't the really sleepers. care. Like they're like, yeah, I don't care what anyone else is doing. Like I just right. want my numbers to go up and to the right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the affiliate ish crowd where like, they're very, oh, very yeah. <laughs> focused on like making revenue and making their numbers work. And they come from like selling uh, stuff on Amazon. They come from like you know, doing pay-per-click types of campaigns and they- Yeah, the Black Hat affiliate marketing community. (laughs) Yeah, they're amazing. They're amazing. So I I met a bunch of those guys and I was like, oh, wow, you can actually make money and run a profitable e-commerce company. Um, I want to do this. And then that like set my mind into motion on like, all right, what is it? What type of company do I want to build from that? And then, you know, uh, eventually I got to to Noonbrook. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, so you had the product, you you built the platform. Then, how did you get into initial customers? Because this is also a time when, like, iOS fourteen and like September, iOS fifteen is being rolled out. Like, yeah. So you're you're, you're like you're you're in development on this product, and you're about to launch. And then, like, meanwhile, you're hearing like murmurs through like the D 2 C e commerce ecosystem of like, oh my goodness, like this is the worst it's ever been. Like. How were you thinking about getting those first customers? Were you kind of, I mean, like, were you like, oh, I hope this works or like, how were you thinking about that? Yeah. I mean, 
it's one of those things where since I don't have experience with direct consumer, like I don't have like a baseline of like, Oh, like 2022 or 2021 or 2020 were like great times where you can have like CPMs at X, X price point. Like, uh, yeah, this is just like the reality for me. So like I've, I launched in like a really tough time, I would say. Um, but like taking a step back. So basically what I really tried to, to focus in on before launch, um, you know, if you look at our website right now, it's like, it's just a landing page. It's just a, you, you only have two options. Basically you can put your email in or you can buy, but like, there's not like this huge brand story or like, you know, multiple pages. Like I tried to make it as succinct as possible. And what I did was I built this Figma, um, Figma board and I took screenshots of every single website I knew that like had really good conversions. So you can get on similar web, you can see like what the traffic numbers are for some of these different websites. And like basically anybody that had like an affiliate background or that like my friends would say like, Hey, like copy these ads because you know, these ads are, are working. Like I would do that. I'd put that into a Figma board and I broke down every single website and I would, um, I would crop and edit each different website and I would like slice it up. So I sliced up all these different websites into different, like, this is where they put their ingredients list. This is what they have on their hero image. This is how they do their comparison chart. And then I just made this like Frankenstein version, which is what Noonbrew's website's right now. And it converts very, very well because of that. Um, So I I spent like the the time in between, we ordered a bunch of product and when we launched, like trying to dial in our, our story, trying to dial in like our comparison our ads. Um, and yeah, in September we launched and the, the strategy within that was to, to launch the friend, friends and family, you know, so every single person I've ever contacted on Gmail, I looked into my contacts list and, um, you know, I got like a few hundred people through that and they got a message from me with that, with like a, a discount code for friends and family. Um, I had a few people that had newsletters that they plugged, which was good. Um, and then I went on LinkedIn, did the exact same thing. And then I went on the trends group, uh, by the hustle and get a bunch of orders that way. So that's how we really launched in September. And then we just went really in on Facebook ads. Dude. I love the scrappiness of the, uh, I went through literally every single person in my, in my G. You have to. Yeah. Like, tell me, so tell me about that. Cause I think that's like interesting. It's like the equivalent, like people say like, oh, I'll pick up the phone and start dialing kind of thing. But like people don't answer their phone anymore. We get so many robo calls. Uh, I feel like yeah. the equivalent is just email everybody in the, your Gmail. So like, how are you deciding like who to email or you were just like, like default to like, screw it. I'm emailing this person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we both come from an outbound background. It's like you, you err on the side of being more aggressive, you know, like you never err <laughs> yeah. on the side of like being less aggressive. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. If they, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They say unsubscribe. Like they're not going to say unsubscribe. Like I, I know them personally. So it's like, they <laughs> right. just ignore it, you know? And like, I got a ton and ton, a ton of responses, ton of sales from that. Did you um, get any negative responses? No, no, I got no negative responses. Yeah. Um, great sign. But I mean, that's also, you know, you put in the, the effort for the past five to 10 years, build relationships right. and that, uh, you know, you hope that it pays off. Um, but I mean, the big thing was like, we, we did that, that got us a little boost. And then, you know, we went into Facebook ads mode. It wasn't like, you can't just build 
a brand that sustains itself off of that. So, so did you have to learn Facebook ads? Like, did you know Facebook ads or like, you're like literally on YouTube and like, how do I navigate ads? Yeah. Manager? Oh yeah. You know, like one of my buddies who, um, you know, we both know, uh, Bobby, he had mentioned that, and it was really good advice. You know, when you first start off, it's like one, one product, one channel, $1 million. So like, don't like go on Facebook, TikTok, Google, YouTube, like, all these different ones because you just can't Out of like home, Facebook TV. Direct yeah. Mail. If you do that, you're just not, I mean, you can like do well off of it, but like you want to have a focused approach and like Facebook can get you to $10 million in sales just by itself. So like we, we focused on Facebook, even though it was a really tough time for not having really good attribution. And like, that's when, you know, all these different updates with I, the iOS was going into effect. Um, but yeah, so we focused on Facebook and, one hack that like is really good is you go into Facebook ads library and you scroll all the way to the bottom. So if you know that, like, so basically if you scroll all, to, all the way to the bottom to see like what a brand has been running for weeks or months, it basically means that that's like a good ad because they wouldn't be like spending a ton of money on that if it wasn't a good ad. So, you know, that's what we did with a bunch of, um, a bunch of different brands that we knew were running profitably um and we basically same thing as before you make a storyboard on figma find the best ads and then see what you can um you you can use what types of elements you can use make it your own um and yeah i mean i you know i had you i had a bunch of friends that helped me out along the way but yeah i I, uh i learned facebook ads basically from youtube videos and myself what about um yeah. What? So yeah. And now that leads me to the next point. Like, okay, so you launched the brand in September, you get into Facebook ads after that. Like, was it like, oh, cool. Like the Facebook ads just started firing in October or. Facebook ads it- started firing in September. And then, you know, in Q3 and Q4, you have higher CPMs and higher, higher, you know, cost per click. So like, were you getting good results right away or you had to, you had to figure it out? We were getting good results just because Facebook at first, um, you know, they go for the low hanging fruit. So they they know that like, you know, this person bought a very similar product. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, Ooh, guys, this is going to be, this is going to be a big surrender, fresh account, like turn on the targeting for this one. Totally. And I didn't realize that that's what it's happening. So I would have spent way more than like a hundred dollars per day. If I, so like if right you launched the, the brand, you would just like launch at the perfect time and then just like pour the budget yeah. in, in the beginning. Yeah. Well, it How wasn't even that, that much line? budget because <laughs> it was like a hundred dollars a day. And I was like, Oh my God, like we're spending potentially thousands of dollars per month on Facebook. Now it's like, you know, way more than that. Um, but yeah, so we, we How launched- long does that period last? what like the period of the grandfather like amazing i guess call it honeymoon period of facebook (laughs) probably like a few weeks to be honest i mean like we if you could go back would you try to rent like a thousand a day and spend or how would you think about that and now a quick break for a quick word from our sponsor okendo okendo is the new standard in customer reviews for high growth shopify brands We use them with our clients and they work with over 4,000 of the fastest growing Shopify retailers like Skims, Nomad, and Buck Mason to help them leverage their most powerful asset, their customers. Okendo gives brands all the tools they need to capture and showcase customer-generated content like product reviews and ratings, photos and videos, and Q&A. Plus, they have an awesome integration with Klaviyo that makes it easy to do cool stuff like send review request emails and target shoppers based on review content. 
And now that it's that time of year again, when Black Friday and Cyber Monday are top of mind, Okendo is offering a 90-day free trial to help e-commerce brands ramp holiday conversion without having to worry about increased subscription costs. If you sign up before October 31st, you pay nothing until 2022. It's really a no-brainer to me, and don't worry, you won't be forced into any expensive annual contracts after your trial is up. They offer super affordable monthly subscriptions starting at $29. So you can make the most out of this holiday season with a little help from Okendo. Visit okendo.io and start your free trial today. That's O-K-E-N-D-O dot I-O. Thanks, Okendo, for sponsoring the show. Well, if that's possible, now it would be break everything. different just because like, you know, we're oh, that targeting is not even around anymore or. Well, it is, but it's like, you might just hit your threshold a lot quicker. So maybe we just have like a longer runway with those like oh, low hanging fruit customers just because we weren't spending that much on Facebook. Um, but like October was good. November was tough. Like November, we got rocked by high cost per clicks just because everyone was advertising on black Friday. I was like, what is going on with this brand? Like, I don't think that like, this is going to be feasible. Like we're seeing like four to $5 cost per clicks, which like you can't build a brand on. Um, and like all my friends are like, just wait, just wait till the end of December. Like it's all going to reset itself. Everyone's just like spending tons of money for these holiday shoppers. And that's what happened at the end of December. We just like um, really started to, to hit our stride and, and have ever since. Yeah, that's great. And then like on that note, so you started to scale from there, then you headed into the new year. I mean, I think that's great timing. Like, was there any, and you might've touched on this already, but like, did you intentionally launch in September or that was just when everything kind of like worked out or lined up? Yeah, we didn't, it wasn't intentional. It was just like, all right, product's done. Let's go. Like I, (laughs) I'm like one of those people that like, I just want to launch immediately just to get feedback. Just like, I don't like need everything to be perfect. I don't need to have like all these different elements in place. Like I, I mean, and also I wasn't making any money in New York. So I was like, I need to launch this thing ASAP and I wasn't going to raise capital beforehand to do so. Um, Cause I think that like raising capital also delays when you launch and like it adds a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Um, right. So Alan, you know, Alan is also very, very like, Hey, like let's launch like, let's be scrappy. Let's then Alex, my co-founder. Um, and he was a, a big help within everything. Cause he knew how to, I mean, he like sped everything up. I had no idea how to launch an e-commerce brand. He had experience within Amazon. He had experience taking his dad's herbal shop onto Shopify. So like all of those different aspects were super, super helpful. He knew how to get like the ingredient source, the boxes, the packaging, um, like I brought a lot of like my friends into the mix that helped as well, but like he was uh, really instrumental of like, no, we're going to launch this like ASAP. Yeah, that's awesome. And then like Facebook went well, it's, it's, it's scaling, I guess, you know, kind of like maybe not well, but like as good as it could have, right? Like we're not talking 2016 numbers. No. Yeah. But no, I don't even know what 2016 numbers are, but like, I'm sure you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) what, um, you know, and then on, I guess like the other note, so like, it sounds like from this, like, Oh, everything's pretty seamless. You met this co-founder who like had everything figured out that you didn't, you launched Facebook, like the budgets are scaling. It's doing really well. Like what are some of the biggest challenges that you face along the way? Cause it's still like a competitive time. I'm sure people are listening to this. They're like, what, like this, how is he, how is he pulling this off? Um, what are some of the challenges? Supply chain challenges are really, really hard, um, you know, with like everything that's going on internationally, just with like shipping costs, with uh, trying to get product from overseas to America. Um, that is 
always a, a pain and you spend a lot, a lot of time trying to figure out how to get, uh, get product in, um, you're, you're selling out a lot. So like trying to figure out how to like communicate with customers that like, Oh, we're, we're back ordered. Um, so we're, we're going through that a lot. Um, and then just like rising customer acquisition cost numbers. So like you get like the, the first, um, first customers and like, you get like a, a low, customer acquisition costs, but then, you know, those numbers go up. You have to figure out how to make your margins work. You have to, to figure out, um, how to drive higher LTV, how to build retention as well within your current customer base. Um, there's all these different types of systems that you have to set up. And, um, what, that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're setting up Tapcart, which is awesome. It turns your, your Shopify app into a a mobile app or Shopify store and a mobile app. We have Okendo that we're implementing right now. We have smile.io that we're implementing. We're always trying to get more efficient on Klaviyo and recharge. So all these different systems are are tough to do as well as just like trying to figure out how to build a brand. Yeah. And supply chain running out of products. Like that's really difficult. Like, especially as you're scaling brand, what do you guys do when you sell out a product? Plus you're scaling your Facebook ads. Like do you cancel the ads or no. what? You just keep selling. <laughs> yeah, we keep selling. <laughs> and then how yeah. do you communicate that to people? Like, is it are they waiting like a month to get their product? Or like what's the longest someone would have to wait? Two weeks. Yeah. So we That's actually we we sold out of frothers recently. Um and that was actually this week. So I communicated to the customers like, <laughs> hey, you can either get your order immediately without the frother, or you can wait two weeks and get the um get the frother. So I think people just, care like, about the option. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they <laughs> I'm do. sure people um, do. Um, yeah. So we had some people that wanted to get their order immediately. No one has really canceled off of that, which is good. Um, oh, cool. but yeah, like you do that, you're just on the phone with suppliers constantly. So like, that's like a yeah. big thing the grind. Like, It's just like trying to get better payment terms from suppliers. Every single time you place an order, you have to figure out what like you should air freight, what you should get by sea. If you do, you know, by air, you're going to be What do you like, choose? Well, it depends on how fast you need the supplies. So what like, is the timeline? What is the speed difference between like air and sea these days? Uh, it depends on what you're buying, but like, you know, it, it could be seven to eight days for air. And then it could be, 30 to 45 days by sea. So like the trick, you, you know, you need to figure up? out. Yeah. Yeah. And also like <laughs> when different like markets close as well. Oh, yeah. It's sh- shut down now too. Yeah. Like it's shut down. Awesome. Chinese new year. We're closed for a whole month. Oops. We all got COVID yeah. from Chinese new year. We're closed indefinitely. Right. It's like chill out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, um, anyway, sorry, you're going to say the trick is. The trick is to figure out what you need to, ship by air and what you need to ship by sea. So you break out the shipments to be like, all right, we're going to get, you know, X amount of frothers by air. And then, uh, you know, X amount by sea. It could also screw you, but you know, to you know, out. like basically what you need short term versus long term. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. And that's smart. I mean, that's the smart way, the smart way of doing it. I remember like in, in Elmer, that's my co-founder, by the way, he, uh, he knows all of that stuff. I'm not that type of thinker. Um, like naturally, I feel like I, I feel like in elementary school, they're like, okay, like every day is a different letter of the alphabet, you know, by the time you get to 
to what is it x it's a xylophone you have to draw 20 xyz 26 xylophones and i'm like right there's 28 letters in the alphabet or is there 27 25 <laughs> yeah i don't know don't do know. mental math on on podcasts <laughs> oh, for sure don't try to guess i definitely know how many letters are in the alphabet like not on a podcast uh yeah. <laughs> but but anyway you got to draw like all these things that start with x i'm like i have no idea what starts with x and like the smart kids would always just draw 20 whatever of that letter of that you know 20 xylophones instead of coming up with different products i feel like this is like an equivalent of that it's like the cheat code it's like huh i didn't think that i could just order like you know a small percentage of them via air and the rest come and like think of that arbitrage. yeah but, uh, all credit to my co-founder on that one he uh he understands operations logistics a lot better than i do yeah that's awesome I mean, I'm sure everything jumped in price since I, this yes. is the part that I'm not a super expert in, right? Like I, I love marketing, obviously email and CRM is like the main focus, but like what's breakdown like C versus air to me these days. Cause it, everyone's it like, oh, it's 15,000 a container, but like, I'm not filling a container. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, everyone orders overseas. Um, it, it's tough to say just because like different weights, like if you're ordering a couch from overseas like it's going to be totally different than if you're ordering boxes you know or even like something else so like it, it depends on what the weight is of what you're ordering to know like how much that's going to be in air versus by sea um and some things can be 10 times more expensive ordering it via air but like you just need to eat that cost because like you don't want to be like all right like we're sold out for the next 45 days sorry um so yeah you yeah. need to <laughs> you need to know where to pick your battles. And like, sometimes it's just that you need to get the product into the hands of the customers because you know that you're going to have a, a high LTV, but like, you don't want to lose that customer. And like, we're not shutting off ads. We're not like putting our yeah. website down for, you know, the next 30 days as we uh, wait for product. Do you change your website when that happens? Or do you change your, um, like, we did like it how do you time. communicate that to your customers? Yeah, we did it one time where we changed the, um, we changed the language on the website to say that we're out of stock for, you know, until X date. And it, it actually didn't like impact conversion rates at all. So that was really cool. Um, and that's like one of those things where, you know, we've, we've talked about this before where you go through these different challenges and you think that it's going to have a humongous impact on the business. And like, people are going to be like, no, I don't want to wait 10 days for my order. It's like, People are used to like waiting a long time. Like if you order a couch from West Elm, you're going to get it in like nine months. So I think Dude, that like. If that, yeah. Can yeah, I tell so you my if, story about that? No. Dude, I literally did that. They lost part of it and yeah, it, it came to me ripped. Yeah. Then you gotta wait I also would not want to be in that business. I would not want to be in that business. Yours yeah, took nine a, months? No, I mean, I don't have a West Elm couch, but like, um, you know, if, if I did, like a, a lot of my friends that like order from West Elm or like, you know, these different places. It takes a Dude, long time. Dude, the furniture market it. sucks. Like I'll tell you, there's like, it's like, oh, why do you even order in West Elm in the first place? Like, cause like nothing else exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta go to the Facebook marketplace. Yeah, I guess. But like, dude, even that it's like used cars, man. They're trading at like, I don't even know, I know. way better multiples. <laughs> oh yeah. No, um, it, or like true. a couch. I don't know. Like I've, to me, like order, getting a couch off Facebook marketplace is like getting a mattress. I don't know. Just yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Also dude, sure. the amount of free credit you get, like honestly, it's probably a good time to order anything from West Elm because it's going to get delayed. They're going to lose your stuff. And then like, you just get free credit. It's free. Um, we go on West Elm after, after our call. Yeah. Pick out <laughs> anything you want. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. I, I digress, but back to your point. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on shipping by air by first versus by sea. But I think that you have to take into account that you have to take into account your margins. You have to know how much you can spend to acquire a customer, and all those different ones fluctuate over time. So you have to just take a long term vision to it and be like, "Wow, my CAC is like like even today, like my cost per clicks are awful." Um, but like last week they were a lot better and you just have to know that like, you're just going to have those different fluctuations and you just need to take a, a long-term approach because if you get like for us, it's not a, a lot of times a one-time purchase. Like we we're trying to, to really drive LTV. Um, and through that, it's like, all right, I'm going to acquire a customer for a little bit more today. But like, I know that like, if this customer loves noon brew, like they're going to stay on for a while and we really, really like push this. This is your afternoon ritual. This is what you drink every single day. It's not like something that is a, a one-off purchase. So we're able to have a higher customer acquisition cost because we have customers that love our product. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, like how have you will like continue? So it's like beyond Facebook, like what are some other ways and other things you've done to drive growth and like get more people? who, who, I mean, love the product because it is a great product. Yeah. So I, I think that like at like foundational level, you just need to make a good product and you have to know that some people are not going to like it. Uh, some people are going to love it and you just need to find as many people that are going to love it as possible. And you have to go through those people that don't like it. Um, I mean, we have a product where every single day I get these like emails from customers or like reviews where people say like the craziest things about how Noonbrew has changed their life. It's like one of those things that like actually changes your life where like no way. you're, you know, we have like a ton of different people that say like even earlier this week, like an, an ER doctor, they work 24 hour shifts. So like they just Whoa. drink tons and tons and tons of coffee. And from that, like it really impacts them. So yeah they switched to noon brew. Like this lady was drinking noon brew at like 3am in the morning. And she said it like has such a amazing impact that coffee never had. And like those types of stories really, uh, really propel you forward. Um, but I think that it, it really just, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to say within customer retention. Like we have a bunch of different things that we're, we're doing where we're making it a lot easier to manage your subscription, which is a big thing via recharge. Um, we have Postpilot now, which is direct mail. So we're um, sending direct mail to people that ordered within the past 60 days but haven't ordered again. Um, because a lot of people, they just won't open up their email. So if you're only just doing Klaviyo, like, yeah, if you get a 30% open rate, that's great. But 70% of people didn't open that email. So, you know, what are you going to do within that? You have to send them uh, a different route. So SMS, we're, we're really focusing in on um, trying to get different types of loyalty programs with smile.io to drive good engagement and all these different things, they compound over time. So you just stack them. So you have direct mail going, you have email going, you have SMS going, you have loyalty points, you have a tap cart with, uh, you know, an easy mobile app to manage your subscription and also purchase. We're going to be launching a new product in May that's going to, you know, try and get people that turned via subscription to reactivate their subscription. Like all these different types of strategies and tactics over time, 
they just compound and they really, really make a difference on your, your top line and bottom line. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Recharge. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion by 2025. As a fast-growing area in commerce, subscriptions hold tremendous opportunities to build a community of customers who share your values. Recharge is the leading subscription management solution, helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale subscription offerings. Recharge powers the growth of over 15,000 subscription merchants and their communities, turning one-time transactions into long-term customer relationships. Whether you're a direct-to-consumer business or an omni-channel brand, subscriptions strengthen your brand's relationship with your customers and make it easy for consumers to make repeat purchases. With subscriptions, merchants are able to experience predictable revenue, increase customer loyalty, and higher average order values. Turn transactions into relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Get started today with the subscription payment solution trusted by over 50 million subscribers worldwide by heading over to rechargepayments.com forward slash e-commerce leaders. And now back to the show. Yeah. And it's like all these, and I've talked about this before. This was a concept I really went into in like, I think like 2020, but like the different levers you can pull and like, it's so much easier to increase a few things by a little percentage that ends up doubling the whole business which is yep. like, you know, classic marketing. But if you increase repeat 30%, you increase conversion 30%, and then you increase um, like the amount of people going to your site by 30%, you just almost doubled your revenue. And like, you don't yep. have to, you don't have the daunting approach of doubling one of those metrics. Um, yeah. But it makes, it, it makes a ton of sense. Like more specific on the email side, like how has that played um, a role in the growth? I know that you're focused on like acquiring as many emails as possible. Every Friday you send like a weekly newsletter that's really cool and fun, um, which actually it's probably going to go out recording this on a Friday. So it's probably going to be on a few <laughs> yeah, hours. Yeah, a few hours, yeah. I love how you um, like look to the right. You're like, oh no, I forgot to schedule it today. No, 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 I, I got I got it scheduled. <laughs> I was just saying it's in three hours, yeah. Yeah, so email, I mean, email is huge. We hired this guy named Matt earlier in the year to revamp our email and like he has just been like a mad scientist on like we need to a b test this we need to add sms here we need to you know build out our welcome flows we need to segment our audiences and that has like transformed our email um game we're like our goal is to have 25 percent of our revenue from email um, and we're not there yet but we will be and I think that like with email, email is great because you want to drive retention because it costs so much money to acquire a customer that like when you drive the second, third, fourth, fifth purchases, you're way more profitable off of that. So you need to figure out how you can drive more, more retention as you go along. And as you get more customers, it becomes easier just because you have more opportunity to to sell to those people. We have a bigger pool of customers to market to. Um, but email, you know, we don't do a great job of campaigns, which is something that we're going to be focusing on in Q2. Um, and our flows, it, you know, we don't do really the, the best job of that. We, we do an okay job, I would say, um, but we can do a lot better. But yeah, I think that like the one of the things that we've really focused on is just like the post-purchase journey. So how do we educate people about drinking new brew each day? How do we educate people about, oh, like if the taste is too bitter, like add more water. 
Um, yeah. like that's like a big thing. And yeah. like, I don't know why people don't realize you don't have to do a full scoop of anything. Yeah. You have customers and different <laughs> types of like thought processes. Some people are just like, I absolutely love the flavor of this. Other people yeah. like, I don't like the flavor of this. And you know, it, it really just depends. And like, it tastes um, thankfully, good. what, do, what yeah. are people, what are people sensitive to in it? Bitterness. I think people okay. have, but also like if you drink like an espresso, like you're, it's a, a super bitter yeah. taste. They must be, but, it's probably the tea people. Do you think so? It's like the tea drinkers who are like, oh, this is bitter. Cause the coffee to me as a coffee drinker, I'm like, oh wow. Like this is like super yeah. light and like pure and like, I don't even know. It could be. And also if you're drinking, if you're, you're selling a consumable product, there's going to be a portion of people that just don't like it. And you gotta, you gotta figure that that's going to be within the, the entire equation. Like if you look at restaurants, even like the top restaurants in New York here, like they don't have all five-star reviews. Um, so like, you just need to realize that like, there's going to be a portion of people that love it. There's going to be a portion of people that don't love it. And your job is like I mentioned to find the people that love it and to keep those people on as long as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's like, nobody's going to, I think that's kind of like misconception is like, Oh, everybody has to love it. Or you have to change it because people don't like it. Uh, but you're never going to make anybody happy. And it's like so easy to ignore the people who are like, love the product and like prioritize the people who are like, I don't even know, like the people who are like cursing you out in Zendesk. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, you we just have to, yeah. Cause they're louder. <laughs> well, that's How the thing about sales too. It's like, too? You are know, you used to that we're... from your sales background? Yeah, exactly. I was just about to mention, it's like, you know, you have those. You're used different... to seeing F off in your inbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you need to go through that. Like right. as long as you're not, um, you know, causing really harm to people, which we aren't, it's like, right. you're like within sales, it, it, you go after X amount of people and you know that X percentage are going to respond and X percentage are going to unsubscribe or whatever it might be, but it's a, it's a numbers game. And you just need, like we were doing B2B sales. So like you could get like a, even like a small portion of that to, want a demo and like that can make your day. So yeah, it, it's all in a numbers game and yeah. in sales you're getting rejected constantly. So like you just build up tough skin, thick skin. Yeah. What, um, and then like, what has been the most surprising thing or things that you've learned so far? Cause like you, as, as we talked about in the beginning, you were not in e-commerce at all. Then you got your, you dipped your toes in a little bit. Now, now you're, I mean, you're fully fledged what the word is. I'm all in. You're an omni-channel brand CEO. (laughs) Yeah. What are the most surprising learnings since you started? What is that? Um, I think some of the most surprising learnings, one is that the market's humongous. So people are like, I don't want to launch this brand because, you know, it's in a super competitive space. It's like, you don't need that many customers to make a really good brand. Um, Like even I was at dinner with, a founder and he was like if you think about it like you just need like a portion of Williamsburg New York to subscribe to your product every single month and you have a like eight figure nine figure brand and I was like oh wow that that's really interesting to put in that pers- like perspective it's yeah. like the market is humongous and so, that's like, just part of New York yeah city which is just part of New York state which is just part, just of, part of, of northeast Brooklyn. of America yeah which is part of yeah like it just keeps, yeah. I mean, Brooklyn, which in Brooklyn is part of it just like, yeah. Like the U S alone is huge. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So like, and that's just the U S like if you go to Canada, Australia, like any other country, like yeah. you'll have, you'll have that, but U S is obviously a huge market. So like 
that's like a big learning um, is like, don't think about it being like, like, I don't really think too much of our, about our competitors. Like I do for sure. And like, I keep abreast of what they're, they're doing, but like, as long as you really focus in on the customers, like they're going to continue within you and they're going to tell their friends, they're going to have a great experience. And like, the more that you can do that, the better. So I think that like, that's like a big thing. Another thing is um, just making sure that like, or a lot of things that you think are going to be really, really impactful don't turn out to be impactful and you just have to continue going. It's like ads that you think are just going to absolutely crush it will flop. Um, you know, selling out of frothers, selling out of stock, you think that it's going to be like the end of the world and people are going to be like, are not going to buy your product because you're on back order and like that doesn't happen. Um, so a lot of these things that you think are just going to be a lot more detrimental to your business, they don't materialize. So I think that that's like a, a big thing. And I also think that like, you know, another surprising thing is just like, we started Numbru because we felt tired in the afternoons and we put in adaptogens for anxiety and stress. We put in L-theanine to help with better sleep. We help, we put in, you know, chaga, reishi, all these different types of superfoods that my co-founder knew about growing up in his dad's herbal shop. And like, you know, he put in like his favorite superfoods from that. But we just wanted it to, to help with energy and to, to help with focus and get us through the afternoons. But like when we put all these different superfoods in there, we get reviews from people that are like, this has helped me improve my sleep. This has helped me improve my kidneys. Someone had mentioned that earlier this week. And it's like that those different reviews are the absolute best part of running Noon Brew. And I think that, that was a surprising thing, which is like, wow, we're actually having an impact on people versus like, oh, I just wanted to start this e-commerce brand that like, you know, seems like it'd be really yeah. fun to run. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I think it's cool too, to like, I think a lot of people underestimate like, oh, I have this problem. And then like, they think like nobody else has it, but like so many people are probably thinking the, the same thing. It is not like super easy. Some people are better at finding those opportunities than others. But yeah, and, and the, the people sleeping better. I mean, it makes sense. I used to, you know, drink coffee late into the afternoon or whatever. And then like, it's funny, like, I just like didn't sleep enough times. And I'm like, there's got to be something off here. Like, what am I doing that I used to not do when I could like fall asleep like that? And, yeah. um, you know, for me, it's like my, my role is no coffee after 2 p.m. Ideally, not before that either, which is why I like Newton Bruce great. Because like, what else? What else? what else do you do? You know, right. water's, water's great, but like, you can only drink, you only drink so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, get the I mean, focus and true. everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. It's like this, it's a different kick than caffeine, but like, you know, you're going to, uh, sleep better, feel better. And also you know, coffee, like you, you get like that little jolt, but like, besides that, you're not really getting that much. Also it could be benefit. a negative jolt, negative. Yeah. Jolt. Like it doesn't jittery, mean you're going to be more wired. focused. Yeah, jittery. You're talking a million miles a minute. I already. No one ever says that. that they want to drink more coffee. <laughs> you know, like everyone's always like, "I want to drink less coffee." Um, true. And I think that that's like a really interesting play, interesting thing to play into. Yeah, I didn't even start drinking coffee until the, until uh, really the pandemic. Until you got into sales. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't, oh no. I didn't start oh, drinking coffee uh, until I got into sales. <laughs> oh, dude, sales for sure. But I was drinking energy drinks then. I thought it was like superior <laughs> to everyone drinking coffee. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, but dude, yeah, your first hundred dials yeah. caffeinated will change your life. Like, you, you know. know, you're like, wait, what is this <laughs> stuff? And the guy's like, oh, wait, you like don't. And I'm like, no. And then you like, you try it. And you're like, 
I feel like I could do anything. Uh, you know, maybe not. Yeah, it's a minute. Superpowers. Um, yeah. Well, cool. It's it's been great having you on the show. Um, you know, I I think you you it's so funny. Like your the end of advice that you gave there is like oh like just kind of like ignore all of the I don't even know what to call them like. Uh, I call them like e-commerce absolutes where like, everyone's like, Oh, it has to be this, this way, which lately it's like, Oh, you know, Facebook sucks, which like, you know, I mean, it does, but it's impossible. Like you can't launch a brand. Like the glory days are behind us. All these things, like you can't, you need to go after future markets or whatever, whatever the thing is. We're like, you're not going to make it with a niche product. You're not going to make it with one skew or whatever, whatever the excuse might be. Um, You know, I think it's great that like, you're just basically like here as a case study, against all that. And that's what I tell people all the time. Like there's brands right now that are quietly crushing it while everybody else is just like trying to, I don't even know, figure yeah, it out. Stay, just stay like off Twitter. Whining don't, uh, more. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't listen to everything that you hear on Twitter. I think that yes. like, stay yeah, no, Twitter, you're, you're totally right. LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Stay off that. Just keep your <laughs> like focus, find people. I, I think the Spend biggest... more time in your own spreadsheets. I don't think enough people are doing that. also just like the biggest thing that has been the most impactful is getting around people that you know like yourself like my friends here in new york that are quietly building these companies that are just doing crazy amounts of revenue just get around those people and those people will show you the way and that's what they have really done where like we have like like a, an e-commerce mafia here in New York where like we meet for brunch every single weekend and we talk about what's going on within all of our businesses. Some are agency owners, some are brand owners. Um, but that has really been the catalyst. So I think that like the biggest thing is just find people that are doing what it is that you want to be doing. And like, um, don't listen to all these different people on on Twitter or, you know, reading all these different blogs and newsletters about like how, how tough it is or how, how D2C is, is dead. Tune everybody out. Only listen to the Waybreak podcast. There you go. Yeah. Get friends with uh, Dylan. You'll, you'll skyrocket. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that. Okay. That's the real secret. You know, I respond to Andrew's text once in a while um you know with like advice that he already knows and that's why he's blown like this brand has blown up yeah no we, we literally text no, every single day <laughs> <laughs> uh no but dude you're you're crushing it it's been awesome to catch up a ton of people are listening to this podcast way too caffeinated they might even be there drinking their afternoon coffee listening to this noon brew where do we find it what give us the elevator pitch again now that people have heard your story we're only on uh, noonbrew.co right now. So yeah, we're, we have a new product coming out in May that is going to be amazing. It, I think it's going to be, you know, potentially even bigger than what we have with Noonbrew, which is oh, wow. crazy to think. Um, so look out for that. But yeah, noonbrew.co. Um, and yeah, hopefully people in your audience like it. Yeah, I think they will. It's great. It's a great product. Um, a lot of people need it. Caffeinate less. <laughs> Noon brew more. Um, cool. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. 
If you're not subscribed on iTunes or Spotify, go hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're not on our email list, go sign up at wavebreak.co slash join. You'll join other e-commerce leaders at brands like Skims, Cartier, and Walmart, and thousands more, learning exactly what's working in e-commerce right now. You won't want to miss it. Sign up at waybreak.co slash join. It's free. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Waybreak Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day.